back to the dark side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Dyson. And this is Dark Adaptation. Episode 52. 52. So nice to finally be recording after half an hour of tech <laughs> troubles. I was in hell for a minute. <laughs> no, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. But you did it. We're here. It's recording. Hopefully it sounds good in everyone else's little earballs. Yeah. It's the first episode of February. It is. Welcome. Thank happy, you for tuning in. Happy Feb. Feb. February. It's going to be a Feb. February? February, yeah. February. (laughs) Why is there an R there? It doesn't even make sense. No one says the R. I don't know. Someone's going to pay for this. February. February. Wednesday. Wednesday. That's how I think in my head when I have to spell that fucking word. Wednesday. Wednesday. You didn't say the D, do you? No. Okay. Wednesday. (laughs) What is this podcast? I don't know. (laughs) I can tell you what this particular episode will be. Oh, please do. I can't speak for this show as a whole, man. I don't know. Oh, please do. (laughs) Today, this episode I have for you is a Hungarian serial killer from the early 1900s. Sorry, he's hungry? He's so hungry. He's He's starving. He's a bit peckish. Hungarian. Serial. Killer. Coming to Netflix. Okay. This, um, this one, this case here, has a ton of different reporting. There's, you know, it's probably because it's older. It's like from the 1900s. So, you know, there's a bunch of different sources that say a couple conflicting things. So I just looked at a whole shit ton of them and I wrote this episode with details that are like reported the most often and are the most consistent. Yeah. So if you've got a problem with that, you can take it up with the history books. You jump into the archives yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Ready? <laughs> I'm very much ready. It was July 1916. In Chincota, in the midst of World War One, and Bela Kiss's landlord arrived at the property on Kasuth Street with a squad of soldiers. They were told by the village's constable that the property had a stockpile of gasoline, which they desperately needed as Europe had a shortage. The constable knew this because, before the war, people of the village had believed Kiss was stockpiling illicit alcohol, So when the police came to question him, he told them that they were filled with gasoline because he expected it would be scarce. Mm. So like, don't even worry about it. And then the constable was like, okay, bye. (laughs) So now they're in the midst of the war. There truly is a gasoline shortage and that it is very scarce. So the property seemed like a gold mine if it's true that it had barrels of gas there. Mm -hmm. So the landlord and the soldiers found seven oil drums but they had been soldered shut. So they punctured one of the lids, and instead of smelling that sweet smell of gasoline, they were hit with a putrid odor. A neighbor, who was also a chemist, confirmed that this was the scent of decomposition, not gasoline. Ew. Balakis's landlord quickly informed the police, who sent the detective chief of police to investigate. When the chief arrived with with, uh, two of his men, They immediately opened that first drum, and what they found was horrific. Oh no, what did they find? What did they find? I'll tell you what they found. A whole orchestra. Those seven barrels full 
and each person in that barrel was a little member of an orchestra. That's... Shit, that's like a Pixar movie or some shit. I don't know. That's gold right there. <laughs> they had the whole... They had the string section. The wind section. The string section had been strung out. <laughs> Their percussion instruments... Or yeah. Section have been beaten down. <laughs> the wind... Were blown out. They were blown. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blow a whole orchestra? Yes, probably. <laughs> Okay. No, it wasn't a bunch of... Obviously. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't. Not a whole orchestra. Not even a string I know that, quartet. I know that seemed so convincing. It wasn't even a barbershop quartet. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what it was soon, okay? Soon. But first we have to talk about this Bela Kiss character. Okay. Who is he? I don't know. It was a fucking... That name has mystique written all Bela over it. Kiss. That's made up, right? Like, that's something you just fucking... No, it's like, actually very... Both names are very common. As a first name, Bela, and Kiss as a last name, they're common. They just won the lottery on that one, though, because it's just smooth as shit. He... Yeah. Suave, that's what that is. And, you know, some people might say this man was suave. I don't know anything about his early life, though, okay? No one does. It's a mystery. I know that he was born in 1877 in Isaac, Hungary. Is this Tommy Wiseau? Is this Tommy? It's Tommy. Oh, Great. That's it, guys. Thanks for coming. I ruined it. This is the origin story of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. It makes sense, though. It does. Okay. As an adult, Bela Kiss was described as a tall, handsome man with blonde hair and vibrant blue eyes. And his hobby was delving into astrology and the occult. Hmm. So, I mean, women were like, just like, swoon. Yeah. This is goddamn slip and slide instead of a red carpet. They're like, oh, a bear that kiss. I'm going to slide right off my chair. <laughs> In 1900, a 23-year-old Bela kiss moved to Chincota. Uh, at this time, 1900, Chincota was a very quiet village outside of Budapest. But now, over 100 years later, it's Budapest has expanded so much that it's just a neighborhood in Budapest. Okay. But at this time, it was its own little village. In Chincota, he rented a little house at 9 Kasuth Street. In February 1912, Kiss is now 35 years old, and he married a young woman named Marie, who was 15 years younger than him. Hmm. So... 20. Mm -hmm. Is that that bad? If he's 35 and she's 20? I guess so. Back then, no. No. It's fine. Just because when you're 20, like, I think about who, who I was as a person at 20, and I'm like, woof. Yes, it's generally fine. Even now, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay, well, regardless. Stands the test of time. I think he's going to turn out to be the good guy in this. Sorry, he was, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So he marries oh, Marie, and within a matter of weeks, Marie started having a love affair with an artist named Paul Bicari. Mm. By December that year, 1912, Kiss told his neighbors that the couple had run off together to get married in America. With a man with a subpar name. Paul Bicari. Yeah, Bela Kiss is nicer. So now Kiss is this bachelor. Because his wife left him. So he's like, fine, I'm 35. I'm still got it. I'm on the prowl. I'm handsome and tall, and I like astrology and the occult. I will just be a handsome bachelor now. So he hires this um, old lady named Mrs. Jakubek. And she is like the... He hires her as like a caretaker for the house. Mm. A housekeeper. That's okay. what it is. Yeah. She's the housekeeper so that she can do all of the like domestic duties that his wife, you know, in, the, in this time would have been doing. Yeah. But now he has a housekeeper so he can be a eligible bachelor. Doing men things like men going to things. war and voting. <laughs> <laughs> sure as fuck not listening or anything like that. Nope. That still doesn't happen. Hmm? By 1914, Kiss was 37, 
And he was running a successful business as a tinsmith, which was a trade that he totally taught himself. <laughs> he did not go to school or nothing like that for anything. And he was just a successful tradesman. And he was very smart. He was a voracious reader. He was reading basically just to learn everything he could. And he mainly liked to study art, literature, and history. And he was able to discuss pretty much any subject with anybody. But those were the three that he liked to focus on. I'm going to fall out of my chair. This guy's an industrious savant. Mm-hmm. Oh, tin me. Oh. Oh. Did you, sorry, excuse it. Like tin me. I'm like, oh, you need to be lubed up. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I've done it myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> Is it warm in here? It's so hot in here. Oh my god. So the people of Chincota liked interacting with Bela Kiss. They thought that he was really smart. He was witty. He was easy to talk to because he was so well-versed and he was just easy to get along with. And he was really liked by his neighbors and he was loved by the ladies. He was seen as a huge ladies' man and he was always having a different woman on his arm, always showing off some arm candy. Even though the locals weren't familiar with these women, but they just assumed that they were from the city and no one, not even Mrs. Jakubek, knew who these women were or what their names were. He just kind of always mysteriously had, like, a woman on his arm. All right. Mrs. Jakubek had worked for Kiss at this point for a couple of years and remained very loyal to him. He treated her well, so she just showed up every day and did her work. And she respected the privacy of his personal life, so she didn't ask many questions in general, let alone about his love life. Like, yo, who are all these women? Yeah, you got a great thing going right now. He's just doing his own thing. He's leaving you alone to do your job and get paid for it. Yeah. It's fantastic. What yeah. else can you ask for? And he's this like handsome young man. Like he's this bachelor of the little town. So after all, like, of course, he's just going to be doing what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So she's just like, I don't know. Like, I just let him do his own thing. Yep. I showed up. I did my job. We had a good dynamic. Yep. Like, I didn't babysit him. I babysat his house. So even when Kiss was conscripted into the military to fight in World War I in 1914, Mrs. Jakubek remained loyal to him and faithfully watched over his house on Kasuth Street. Mm. So she had his whole house to himself, basically, while he was, like, told to go to war. Yeah, told for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> hey, um, it's 1914, you know, we kind of, like give you a little chance to sit it out but like we need you now we got like an international incident on our hands like you, we're gonna duke it out for like four years it's gonna be like probably longer it's not gonna be graceful and i know that you're like pushing 40 but like yeah. we need you yeah. i need you could we kill some people with you maybe yeah i uh i know you're really handsome but that's not going to save us uh, from asking you. We could use your dinning work for some <laughs> of the machines we have. <laughs> Why is this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. a new character. What do you think of it? He's not very funny, is he? <laughs> no, it's funny. If you could see your face. But this is audio only <laughs> yeah, art right? form. But basically, your head has sunk in. You have no neck now. It's the only way I could get the proper angle. Your head for has the sunk wrinkles. all the way into your shoulders, and I your chin know. is pulled in. I feel you look like terrified. a turtle. You look absolutely terrified of your surroundings. Do you think this is maybe what Kobe sounds like <laughs> most of the time when he fucking turtles? Maybe because he's fled now. He was sleeping in his little cat bed right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I've upset him again. And he totally just thought he was looking in a mirror for a moment and uh -oh. panicked and ran. <laughs> My throat hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like horror movies? Do you like hanging out with your friends? Do you like having a laugh? Do you like podcasts? Well, you should check out our podcast, Spoils of Horror. We're not a review show. We're a horror movie hangout where we talk about movies that are lost, forgotten, popular, and bizarre, all in the scary realm. You can listen to our podcast while you're doing just about anything. You could be washing your dishes. You could be washing your cat. You could be washing your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> All forms of genitals accepted. <laughs> <laughs>
We are a fully inclusive genitalia show. Yes. We are the number one ideal podcast for washing your genitals. Our genital Yelp reviews are unsurpassed. Five and a half stars. <laughs> you don't want to know where that half came from. That's, uh... <laughs> now that you know that, check us out on all major platforms. You can search for Spoils of Horror on all social media sites. Come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. And your genitals. <laughs> Bye. Over the next two years, Mrs. Jakubek took care of the property for Kiss, and this brings us to the beginning of the episode on July in July of 1916, when the landlord arrived on the property with the soldiers looking for gas, they opened up one of the drums, they smelled something foul, a neighbor said it was decomposition, and the landlord informed the police in Budapest. All right. <laughs> so the detective chief of the Budapest police that arrived on scene was Charles Nagy, and he brought two of his men with him so they could start investigating. Obviously, the first thing they did was open up that stinking drum. To see what was inside. What was inside? Submerged in a brine of methanol was the well-preserved body of a young woman with long brown hair. She had been strangled to death with a rope which was still around her neck. Detective Nagy and his men pried open the six remaining drums and found the same contents. Naked or partially clothed corpses of young women, all with a rope around their neck. The methanol acted as a preservative, keeping decomposition to a minimum. Oh, it, I imagine it smells similar to science class when you had to dissect a pig and you had to pull it out of the vat of formaldehyde. Well, yeah, methanol is used in formaldehyde, so oh, it's it. That's why it acts as like a preservative. Arguably, one of the worst smells I have ever smelled. I only and there's did... a few of them. <laughs> I only did, uh, I think you only have to do two credits in high school for science, so I only did the two. So I never had to dissect anything, because I didn't mm. do, like, biology or chemistry or anything. I just did <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. science. Yeah, let me tell you. Actually, oddly enough, it was my first science class I passed with a 51. I, oh, I actually <laughs> technically failed my first, in, in the ninth grade, I failed science. Yeah. But... Oh my god! I hope there's people listening that went to high school with me, because <laughs> they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. My science teacher was obsessed with squirrels, and she, wherever she lived, she would have like squirrels come visit her backyard or her balcony. I forget what it was, mm -hmm. and like feed them, and she named them and stuff. And she's obsessed with them, and everyone would always be like, "Okay, like you're a freak when you're squirrels," but I was terrible in science. Because I just, I was just so bored. Yeah. And I would just like feed it into it and be like, wow, your squirrels, man, that's so cool. Like, I love them. Or can you have pictures <laughs> of them? Like, this is sick. So I failed technically after the exam. Yeah. But because I would always kiss her ass about her squirrels, she was like, you know, I think because you got a 48, it's okay. Like, why would I make you do it all over again? Like, I'll just bump you up. I'll say you got a 50. And actually, you know what? I'll give you a 52. And mm. then that way you've passed. I think I think we had the same experience. <laughs> I didn't I didn't butter anything up though. I I would have been that would have been impressive. Cause that's a real life lesson right there. Dyson, I think point, mine was point on the doll where the science teacher touched you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This doesn't work for people who can't see you. Oh man, if this was on TV, we'd have to blur that out. <laughs> she didn't say a word to me. She just gave me the 51 and <laughs> my brother had to break it to me telling me like you 100% fucking failed. She just felt bad for you. Mm. See, I would rather someone just think I appreciate those squirrels than feel bad for me. Yeah. I just I just never cause shit you know mm -hmm. i was around chaos all the time but i was calm because it's my element anyway you yeah thrive in chaos i just sat back and was like mm. and so i was just like the little peaceful island in the middle of chaos <laughs> i was the eye of the storm for her i was the shelter i was the stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> wow anyway so i don't know what dissecting anything smells like i don't know 
I never had to dissect a pig or a frog or whatever it was people had to do. I'm sorry you had to do that because I would have cried because I think pigs are so cool and cute. It was, it was a lot. You have to dissect everything. It's gross. Yeah. So this guy, he's a chemist. So when he came over, because, you know, it's the war. Everything's really boring probably in small towns. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do. Yeah. Except we'll follow the war. So he was mm. probably like, what are you guys looking at over there? I know that smell. That's definitely decomposition. Mm. You waft it because it's dangerous to just smell it. You have to do a little, because that's, that's a whimmest thing, I guess. Especially if you think you're prying it open. Well, and originally they put a hole in it, punctured a hole in it. And they're like, probably like taking big whiffs because the thought would be like <laughs> gas. Yeah. Gas smells so good. Uh, but then instead you get <laughs> decomposition. They're just, just like, rotting <laughs> flesh. Ugh. So Maggie and his men had a feeling that there would be more oil drums around. Even though at this point they already have seven, but they were like, let's continue searching this property. We got to make sure we have them all. And there was definitely more than seven. Yeah, of course there was. They discovered a collection that was hidden all around the property. There were some hidden in the hen house. There was others in the woodshed. Basically, anywhere that they looked on this property, there was a drum stash. So the hens did it. The hens did it. They were guilty. Mm -hmm. One by one, they pried open these barrels, and they were just revealing body after body until 24 bodies were found. Holy shit. 23 women and one man. So not only... Had all of them been strangled, dumped in these drums, and submerged in methanol. Each one had these dual puncture marks on their neck, as if the killer had drained them of their blood. These reported marks led locals to dub Kiss the Vampire of Chincota. Guys, you fucking... That whole village sucks. Why? His name is Kiss. He's sucking blood out of their neck and they just was like, we're going to pass on kiss of death. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. Because, well, because kiss, it's hung, it's hungry. So to us, kiss Apparently he was. is a, but kiss in hungry means small. I don't care. Small. Small. You can call him the kiss of death. Call him small death. That's still dope. It's like a little mini-me death. It's fucking sick. A little compact. <laughs> Comes in like a little poly pocket vat. Poly pockets. <laughs> okay, but in all likelihood, he was not sucking the, their blood out. <laughs> it was likely that he was... What was he sucking out? It, probably nothing. It's likely that... <laughs> there's only one man, Dyson. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's likely that he was draining them of their blood because they would preserve better like there would there's less decomposition if you remove all of the blood yeah but i mean what he did with the blood after he drained it is anyone's guess maybe he did drink it i don't know no one knows where Mm -hmm. did this blood go who knows and he might be like i mean kiss isn't even here at this point like you don't know like it sounds like we're jumping to conclusions that he's the killer he's not even here to defend himself in his vat of of um mama Uh, five Preserved. Preserved. Yeah, preserved. Pickled. Pickled. It's pickled actually victims. pickled. Yeah. But like, you'll see. Like, okay, guys, you'll see. He's totally a vampire of Chincota or the monster of Chincota, whatever you want to call him. So the faithful housekeeper, Mrs. Jakubek, she was like horrified. She's like, I didn't do it. And she's straight up <laughs> distraught by what the police were uncovering. Yeah. And of course, the detective, Nagy, He's initially suspecting that she knew more than she was letting on, especially since they discovered that Kiss had left her money in his will. But she was like, I, I fucking swear to God, I had no idea what was happening here. I didn't know that there was like a, a will, let alone that I was mentioned in it. And of course, she's like, I didn't know that there was these bodies. Of course, I saw the drums. I'm not going to ask questions. Like she said that she didn't know who these women were. Uh, she didn't know who their what their names were. She was like, I simply am the servant here. I come here. I check on the property. I do my work. And then I, I go home. Like I don't live here. I spend my nights at home. Mm-hmm. And when Kiss was on the property, she was like, I didn't keep tabs on them 24-7. Like he could have been doing whatever she's adamant but she was adamant that even though she didn't like keep tabs on him and whatever she was like 
he couldn't have done this. Like, he was a good man. Like, this is insane. This is someone else's fat. Yeah, all of these were, this is a framing. <laughs> <laughs> so she, of course, even gave examples of, like, how he's a good man. And one of these was that um, in the neighborhood in Shinkoda, there was this dog that had, like, a broken leg and was just kind of wandering around. Mm-hmm. And Kiss got the dog and, like, made a, what, like, a, a splint? He drained it of its blood. No. He stuffed it, taxidermized it. He wasn't in Norman Bates. Oh. He didn't do that. Okay. The dog was wandering around limping, had a broken leg. So he like made a, is it a stint or a splint? What is it? A, a splint. Okay, splint. He made that for the dog and like nursed it back to health. And she's like, who, who could do that other than a good person? Yeah. And people aren't <laughs> complex like that. It's black and white. Right. She's like, I just can't see it. He's such a good guy. So Nagy and his men had found all of these drums with the women in them outside around the property, like I said. And they hadn't even gone into the house yet. So Nagy knew, like, we have to go inside. There could be more bodies or we could find clues, hints, whatever, as to what the fuck is going on here. Mm -hmm. Because obviously they're like, I have nine million questions and hopefully getting inside that house will solve nine 199 i forget what i said we gotta we gotta we gotta gotta solve those questions uh, mrs jacobek let us in that house we have questions yes Detective Nagy made his way through each room, growing impatient as none of the rooms provided any clues that linked Kiss to the meticulously murdered and preserved women outside. Finally, he made his way to a locked door. With Mrs. Jakubek, I feel like I'm saying her name different every Jakubek. time. Jakubek. 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 Mrs. J. Mrs. J. Okay, that's so much easier. Mrs. J was like obviously following right behind them. And she's like, yo, I do have a key to that room, but straight up kiss my master, Bela kiss has said, like actually instructed me to never enter that room and certainly never let anyone else in that room. So Hmm. of course, detective Nagy is like, cool. I want in that room more than ever. Yeah. So open the fucking door. And she did. So Nagy enters, and then he understood why Kiss was so adamant that no one ever went went into that room. It was a sex dungeon. (laughs) And (laughs) there he was, Bela Kiss, (laughs) dressed as a gimp. (laughs) Oh my god. Bring out the gimp. (laughs) It would be a gimp. (laughs) Okay, no, but straight up he does go in this room, and he does understand why Kiss wouldn't want anyone in this room. Because it was full of evidence of Kiss's dark side. So there was these bookshelves that just lined the walls. The room wasn't very big. It was like a small office, basically. Cozy. But all around the room, there was bookshelves. And they were filled with these like macabre books about murder, poisoning, strangulation. Intermingled with all of his other books on like history and literature and art and stuff. That just sounds like our library if we had one. Um, I'll have you know my true crime books are completely separated from my literature. Oh, oh okay. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So books like that, all kinds of dark shit on these bookshelves. And then in the middle of the room, there was the only furniture other than the bookshelves was a desk and a chair. So Nagy searched the desk inside and out, and he found the will that I had mentioned where. Um, Mrs. J is mentioned in it, but mm-hmm. she never went in this room. She never saw that will, and I do believe her. She's like, I had no fucking idea. Yeah. Also, as we get into the story more, it kind of seems like you can't. You, well, you can't trust anything that Kiss says and does. Mm-hmm. So this will, to me, is just like whatever. Um, also, in the desk, there was this album with photographs of more than a hundred women, and there was a fuck ton of documents. So these documents revealed that Kiss had spent over a decade corresponding with dozens of women. The At this point in the story, it's 1916, and the letters date back to 1903. He's just been catfishing people. So he wasn't necessarily catfishing, but he was using a fake name, Hoffman, 
And he was putting Lonely Hearts ads in the Budapest newspapers, where he also was renting a secret apartment in Budapest. Mm. So he was claiming in these uh, Lonely Hearts ads that he was the sad, lonely man searching for a lovely wife. And he wanted to make sure that his future wife had some money. So when women responded to these ads that met his standards, he'd put his plan into action. So he would go and visit them in the city. He would bring them small gifts, take them out, bring them back to his little love nest apartment. He's basically just like love bombing the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. But once the women felt like wooed or whatever you want to say, he would quickly get to the point, which was to make sure that they did have some money or some assets they could turn into cash and make sure that they were alone in Budapest. So he wanted to make sure that they didn't have any close friends or family nearby. Basically, that would notice if A, they went missing or B, that he was like obviously this con man. So for like Sonny fans out there, he was using the dentist system. <laughs> I don't know. Did Dennis take them for all they were worth? Uh, I don't know, but he really did them. isolate them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of the dentist system, a 1900s dentist system. So if the women confirmed that they were alone in Budapest, then he would, and of course that they had money or assets of some kind, Mm -hmm. then he would continue to romance them in letters, convincing them to send him large sums of money, or in some cases, like literally their entire savings, uh, under the guise that it was needed so that they could start building their life together like mm-hmm. like oh like i'm still over here in chinkota so i need you to send me like some money and i'll put it into good use like i'm a, a strong handsome man after all like <laughs> i'll be able to turn this cash and we'll be able to live a life of luxury somewhere else whatever flip it on blackjack yeah whatever yeah. story he was spinning so they would they would and he was like saying and doing all of the right things leading up to this and it's reported that kiss received uh, through these Lonely Hearts ads, 174 marriage proposals from women. Holy fuck. And he, uh, from what's known by the police going through his documents and stuff, he accepted at least 74 of them. <laughs> so the ones that he uh, thought he could get good money in from. Yep. So each of the 74 had their own file of correspondence in his desk. They were like organized basically by victim. Mm-hmm. So Nagy worked with the local police because because Detective Nagy is from Budapest. So he was working with Budapest and Chinkota where they were to try and like trace these women, see if they were like Chinkota natives, if they were from the city, mm-hmm. just working together, combining forces <laughs> to figure out who all these women in these letters were. Right. And through this effort, a few of the women were located alive. Oh, nice. But it also helped them identify several of the bodies yeah, that were in the barrels. Yeah, the macabre there. So uh, one of these bodies was a woman named Julianne Pashik. And Julianne's name also appeared in court records in Budapest because she had sued Kiss for defrauding her of money on the promise of marriage. And unfortunately, her case was thrown out when she failed to show up for the hearing. I wonder why she failed to show up. Yeah, that's a big mystery. Yeah, they have why was mystery. that, Brianna? <laughs> I wonder if she goes out with one of the Yankees. <laughs> hmm, that's a mystery. <laughs> if you oh get it, you get God. it. <laughs> so another one of these bodies was identified by as a woman named... Catherine Varga, and it's believed that, sorry, nope, it's not believed. Mm-mm. Catherine believed that mm-hmm. she was going to marry Kiss, and she ended up selling her really successful dressmaking business so that she would have cash and she could go and start this life together with Aww, Kiss. That's actually really heartbreaking. It is. That and one actually got me. A lot of these women are widows themselves because Bela kiss is claiming like he's a, i'm like pretty much a widow my wife like she ran away on me mm-hmm. to america with her lover and like i'm just this like heartbroken bachelor now but a lot of these women truly were widows 
and their husbands had had died whether it was from disease or because it was in the war or whatever because he was writing letters for years even before the war Mm -hmm. so whatever the reason some of these women truly were really lonely widows and the reason they had money is just because their husbands died Mm -hmm. and so they really were looking for like their next husband so it is really sad so this woman obviously it's i don't know exactly when he would have been corresponding with Catherine varga but it's the early 1900s regardless. And she's a badass who has this successful dressmaking business. Yeah. And thinks that she finds the love of her life now. You know in the rom-coms when back in like the like late 90s, early aughts, they tried to make it so like the love interest, the woman love interest always had like a cool, trendy fucking business or yeah. something. Wrote for so a she, magazine or something. For, yeah, it's always the goddamn magazines or something. I know. Or, How to lose a guy in 10 days, 13 going yeah. on 30. Yep. <laughs> they have not tapped into fucking owning your own dressmaking business, though. No, they haven't. Yeah, that's way more badass. For someone else. Someone who's written four magazines, I will say. Making your own dress sounds way cooler. Dressmaking successful dressmaking so fetch oh. so avant-garde stop trying to make fetch happen dyson it's not going to happen it's not gonna happen <laughs> <Brianna>. <laughs> i thought it was gonna happen they told me it was gonna work out for me i guess fetch is hungarian for raspy <laughs> i'm only 22 shot out 22 year old (laughs) your shot out vocals now good thing i Uh, am the voice of this podcast they said put the mask on but i wasn't quick enough oh good god stop you're you look like you're straight up seizing i need you to stop doing that i am seizing oh so many ways i know breaking the fourth wall here it's happened okay are you with me I'm with you. Successful dressmaking business. Catherine sells it because she thinks that she can go and start a life with Kiss. And she was last seen leaving her house in Budapest to visit Kiss in Chincota. And so sadly, one of the bodies that was identified was Catherine. And something that's really creepy, I think it's really creepy, is that when Negi is like searching this weird little office where Kiss is obviously keeping all of his pretty much trophies. Mm-hmm. There is like women's clothing in there. And one of the articles had the initials KV stitched into it, like Catherine Varga. Yeah. And another, um, it was either a piece of clothing or a handkerchief, it's reported differently, Mm -hmm. had the name, like straight up the name Julianne Pashik stitched into it, which was another one of the victims. The one that tried to sue him for defrauding. for defrauding her on the basis of marriage Mm -hmm. but she's the one that never showed up to court probably because like he murdered her yep so i thought that was creepy that Mm -hmm. when they find clothing that has their literal like name and initials in them it's it's just a trophy room that's really on the nose Uh, yeah yeah bookshelves all around just a creepy little desk and uh also i picture this room with no windows Oh, yeah, no, me too. I had no... Yeah. Um, it, it was... I literally pictured, like, you're walking down, like, this uh, a hallway that's center house, and you just take a left into, like, an old fucking tiny compact, like, room, and it's just full of oddities and handkerchiefs. <laughs> oddities. Yeah. <laughs> so not long after this whole discovery on Kasuth Street with the barrels and the creepy room and everything, mm-hmm. there's two women that go and pay Detective Nagy a visit, Mrs. Toth and her daughter-in-law. So Mrs. Toth told Nagy about her daughter, Margaret, who had gone to Budapest to work. And on one of her visits to see Margaret, Margaret introduced her to this man she was seeing named Bela Kiss. And Bela Kiss persuaded the mom to give him some money because he wanted to marry her daughter. But he needed some money for whatever reason. A dowry. Whatever the reason was. A reverse dowry. <laughs> whatever the reason was, Mrs. Toth was like, okay, like this makes sense. Also, Seems he's like a reasonable request. Everyone says that Kiss is like just so persuasive and witty and smart. So. Mm-hmm. 
aka manipulative and yeah. can say all the right things yeah but i also take that with a grain of salt because this has the gauze of history over top of it but i keep thinking of all the times that's always said in modern instances and the guy's just an obvious skis <laughs> it just seems to work on certain people I, but I, outside the bubble you're like dude i agree also who it's again 1900s mm-hmm obviously the as a mother the thing you want is for your daughter to find a good man to marry so if you have someone who's saying like i'm gonna marry her like i just need a little bit of cash to do it yeah and he's got like the name of a front man for a like 1980s glam rock band what's not to love yeah the mother had this premonition of the 1980s and was like motherfucker i'm in yeah (laughs) you know what it is bitch <laughs> okay, so she gave him the money. After receiving the money, Margaret was all upset. She was accusing Kiss of going back on his promise to marry her. So when Mrs. Toth went to Chincota to confront Kiss about, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I've received this really weird letter from my daughter. She is saying that you're going back on your promise to marry her. I want answers. Mm-hmm. And Kiss was like, look, I didn't say I wasn't going to marry her. All I said was that I have to delay the marriage because of whatever reason he gave her. I didn't call it off. But Margaret became enraged. She freaked out. And she left for America. Mm. Sound familiar? A little bit. So with this testimony from Mrs. Toth and all the evidence that has been collected from Kiss's office, Detective Nagy pieced together what had actually happened. In 1906, Margaret went to visit Kiss at his home like she usually would have because she's like, I'm going to marry this man one day. And instead, he totally flips. He forces her to write a letter to her mother claiming that she couldn't bear the shame of rejection from Kiss and that she was going to go look for love in America instead. So after she had written this letter, Kiss strangled her, put her body in one of the barrels, and then mailed the letter to her mother. Then fast forward a couple days after... The mother receives the letter. She shows up there. She'll be like, what the fuck is this letter? What's happening? You're not marrying my daughter? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, I don't know. Margaret's full. She went crazy and left. It's the strangest thing. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. So that's what actually happened to poor Margaret. That's fucking shitty. Another body was identified as Marie Kiss. Bella Kiss's wife, who he said had run off to America with her lover, Paul Bakari. Mm-hmm. Guess who else was found in a barrel? Remember I said it's 23 women and one man? Fucking Bakari. Well, the one man was Paul Bakari. <sighs> he was found in one of the barrels. My boy. So investigators theorized that he, they already knew that he had been married to Marie and had told his neighbors and everyone that she ran away to America with her lover. So they were like, well, obviously one plus one equals two. He murdered them both. <laughs> he was enraged at the fact that his wife is is seeing this other man, and he killed them. I guess it's a good thing that it was like Jealous not rage. filled with alcohol, rather than what it is, because then it would be Bacari Bacardi. <laughs> yeah, you think people pickle down into rum? <laughs> <laughs> Do they not? It's okay, Dyson. White rum. <laughs> oh wow, it's showing that you failed your science class again. I don't think Bacardi has to be white, does it? I think a white and brown Bacardi. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's not only white rum. I don't know. I just remember being drunk at a bar one time and these go-go girls came out and they were like, uh, I don't know. Did they like, have big, the sexy boots on? They had big everything. Ooh. And yeah, actually the boots were great actually. I want And they were like, girls. they were promo girls for uh, Bacardi because they were unrolling and I don't remember. It was either the white or the dark rum. Don't remember. But they had us test it for free. And I tested several. You tested Bacardi rum from Go-Go Girls? Yeah. I'm so jealous. It's fun. <laughs> I'm your Go-Go dancer. Yeah, that's Midnight what I started singing. <laughs> Jukebox sweetheart. Queen of the night. They didn't let me wear their boots, though. No longer, this Eminem no longer has sexy boots. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for including that. In there. 
Man, we are an ADHD roller coaster. Yeah, if you guys are able to, like, there's there's cultural reference whiplash going on at this point. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> based on what they found in these drums, that was probably so loud. People were like, "Ew, you're so shrill." No, no, no. I I, I compress the audio. They don't even know. Wow. So there's at least 22 women that had gone to Chincota to see their supposed husband to be. I say 22 women, even though there's 24 bodies found. Because the 23rd body would have been Marie, his wife, and the 24th is the man. So there's mm-hmm. at least 22 that had gone to Chincota to see Kiss thinking, I'm going to marry this man one day, only to be murdered by him. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, maybe they realized that Kiss was a dirtbag who was conning them. And they threatened him being like, I'm going to go to the police because I want my money back or I'm going to expose you or whatever. And he killed them. Or maybe he's just a sadistic fuck who liked to take advantage of women and take them for literally everything they had. I kind of lean to- more towards that one because like 24 people is a lot. And it like certainly points to someone who is methodical and enjoying what they're doing. Oh, yeah. 100% I'm with you. It's the second one. He's like, oh, shit. It's actually so easy to take advantage of vulnerable women, take all of their money and assets, and then just kill them and put them in a barrel. Yeah. like And like he's probably not scared of it because like the social pressures of of women coming forward saying this happened is like almost insurmountable. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, fuck. Even if you're a successful dressmaker. Yeah. Well, not anymore after you sold it and gave them all your money. So sad. Yeah. But for real, like, <laughs> it's pretty much anyone's guess as to why he murdered these women for real. Like, obviously, it sounds like he liked the money or whatever. Maybe he was just a con man who like had to resort to murder or maybe he is sadistic and just murdered them but like straight up no one will ever know and you're probably like wait why is it anyone's guess and why won't anyone ever know like didn't he say anything or give any semblance of a reason yo the fuck and the simple answer is no he didn't why did he not oh you want to know yeah you want to know why he didn't give any semblance of a reason yeah. Well, of course I'm gonna tell you. Just like, <laughs> give it a minute. Okay, thanks. I'm sorry I came in hot out of the gate like that. Yeah, it's fine. Shut up. <laughs> Upon discovering the initial seven bodies in the drums, Negi was concerned that kiss might have had an accomplice so he notified postal and telegraph authorities in the surrounding area that they were to hold up any messages destined for bela kiss news of the gruesome discovery was spreading rapidly throughout chincota and would soon hit the newspapers in budapest so nagy wanted to be sure that any accomplice wouldn't get a warning to kiss the next thing nagy did was notify the hungarian army to locate and arrest kiss It wasn't going to be an easy task trying to locate Kiss, though, because remember, he was supposed to be serving in World War One. So if he was still alive, they wanted him ASAP, but they knew it'd be hard work because they didn't know if he was alive, dead or captured or imprisoned somewhere. Plus, like I had mentioned, both the names Bela and Kiss were very common among Hungarians. Yeah. So they had their work cut out for them. On October 4th, so three months since an arrest was issued, a soldier named Bela Kiss was hospitalized in Serbia. Military authorities at the hospital believed that this was the Bela Kiss that was wanted in Chincota, but Negi wanted to see this man for himself and be the one to arrest him, so he immediately headed to the hospital. Hmm. Sadly, Negi would never find out if this was the Bela Kiss because the soldier had escaped the hospital before Nagy arrived and hospital staff didn't realize right away because this person had put a dead man in his bed as a decoy. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's so easy to do too. Yep. Cause it was like back then they just kind of put you in like a loft yeah, with and like all the, these other people. It's just... during the war. So like maybe even the guy in the bed next to him passed and he just like, whoop, yep, swapped. Just... like who knows? Oh yeah. There's bodies fucking everywhere in those places. It was fucked. Yeah. So this was the closest that anyone ever got to catching Kiss. And as the gruesome story spread through Europe and the rest of the world, people claimed to see Kiss all over the place. 
1919, one witness claimed to have seen Kiss in Budapest. Mm-hmm. And in 1920, another witness claimed that Kiss was with the French Foreign Legion using the name Hoffman, which is actually very interesting because if you'll remember, he was using the name Hoffman in his Lonely Hearts ads. Oh. So people are like, that most likely was him. Plus, I didn't write this down, but in one of the articles I read, um, this person that reported seeing Hoff, like Kiss as Hoffman, mm-hmm said that he was like telling stories about like all of the stuff he can get away with and whatever and uh just being very like cocky about it. Just bragging. Yeah, pretty much bragging. And right. uh the description that was put out for Bela Kiss, like this guy matched it to a T. So I don't know. I just feel like you would use the name Hoffman if you were comfortable with it. So yeah. that one does seem interesting, but again, like they didn't find this guy. Nothing to confirm. Kiss was also seen, allegedly, in Romania and Turkey, but every time a sighting was investigated, this alleged Kiss would just vanish. And multiple witnesses also placed him in New York City. So one of the sightings was in 1932, and a New York City detective was sure that he saw Kiss leaving a subway station in Times Square. So he, like, pursued him and chased him through Times Square, but he lost Kiss in the crowd and couldn't find him again. Okay. And then in 1936, there was rumors circulating that Kiss was working as a janitor at a New York City apartment building. But again, when police went to investigate it, this man had vanished. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. We'll probably... Never know what happened to Kiss, where he went, how he ultimately died, and most importantly, why exactly he did this to so many women. Mm-hmm. And like, was it just for the money? Were the murders connected to the occult because he had been studying them? Is that why he was draining them of their blood? Or was it just the thrill of it all? That's wild. He just fucking, he pulled a, a catch me if you can except for they never did actually catch him. Yeah, it's like uh, at the end of Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal Lecter just disappears into the Oh, yeah, it's people. that, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm, sorry. Yep. Everyone around him said that he was so nice. He was great to talk to. He took care of that, like, local injured dog, apparently. Oh, my Just God. no one thought he was this super creep. And somehow he was able to hide his psychopathic nature from literally everyone except these poor women that he victimized um like he victimized these women in every single way he manipulated them he took their money he took their property they were isolated and in obviously too many cases they were murdered yeah so i don't know like he just managed to completely slip away and i guess you do have all these circumstances that like add to it. The fact that there was a war. Um, that really we, fucked things up, I bet. That oh, really fucked things up. For sure. And then it's like, well, he managed to like slip away to God knows where. So did he continue doing this? Because it seems like he... There's 24 people that followed the exact same pattern on that property of him strangling them and putting them in these barrels. Like, I don't know if someone like that can just stop doing that. No, probably not. Like, it's just so scary. Yeah. So the investigators and the people who've studied this case suspect that he stole the identity of a dead soldier during the war and, like, lived out the rest of his life undetected. Mm -hmm. But frustratingly, this... Man, the, you know, whatever you want to call him, the vampire of Chincota, the monster of Chincota. Some Kiss people call death. him the Lonely Hearts vampire. Whatever you want to call him, he managed to evade the justice he deserved. And to this day, this case remains unsolved. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking, that was Hollywood level. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. That was actually really interesting. I like to find these cases. I never heard of it. It just, a lot of the, the um, cases, topics, whatever that we cover are just because I'm looking at whatever online and then I just go on a rabbit hole because I'll start looking up like, you know, similar um, stories or places or whatever. And then I just find these little it's so, it's ones. So, it was so perfect for me because like I literally just like 
a few hours ago watched All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. And so I was already picturing everything World War One, right down to the buildings, the way people acted, the, the whole wars from the German, Austrian, Hungary perspective. Austria, Hungary, that's where he was drafted into. Yeah. And or so con- fucking took me there, Brianna. That was amazing. Well, I'm happy you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm sad for all these women, but I'm glad to be able to tell a good story. Question mark? I mean, yeah. yeah <laughs> like you, yeah. You have to tell a good story, period. At, at the end of the day, no matter what. And obviously these stories are revolving around real people with real tragedy. And if you don't tell the stories, then what happens? What's the alternative? Just forget it. Yeah. Just falls to the wayside. Or you never even would have. I didn't know about this until People I went down gonna, a Yeah. Like, like now I can go look that kind of stuff up. Mm-hmm. I can go like learn more about it. You've already taught me a ton about it. So yeah, a good story goes a long way. Exactly. I, yeah, I, I had a thought and then it just was like, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs> You're done. You're done. I hope that everyone else enjoyed this. Yeah. And if you guys go and uh, learn more about, about this story, tell us about it. Cause I would love to hear more of this. Hmm. Probably people who'll be like, um, actually, I read this very obscure article where they said X, Y, and Z, and you didn't report on it. Oh like, my Because I only read it in one article. I so got I'm your back. I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna double check that shit too. <laughs> I'm like, if it's one fucking tabloid for said example, it, then okay. For example, on the Wikipedia page, it says that Bela Kiss had an incestuous relationship with his mother. Go and read any other document or article about this case i didn't read that anywhere yeah so i'm like i'm not gonna that's the downfall of the the top with he had an incestuous relationship with his mother because like i don't even know who even knows who his parents really were yeah it says in there like this is the name of his parents and his children and stuff but that's the only place that was ever listed yeah, like you gotta be like that's the downfall of, of Wikipedia when it comes to really obscure shit. Like you can really And it wasn't referenced. Like if no, I go on, yeah, no if I go note. to Wikipedia or reading Wikipedia, I'll go to the bottom where yeah. all of the articles are, are linked. Mm-hmm. But for the most part I just don't use Wikipedia. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Wikipedia no, to an extent, but you know It gives you the gist it's just and then it gives you like where research to look. Prowse, so Yeah. I had a I had a prof in university. Well, it was, excuse me, he was not a professor. Oh, uh, he was a he was a TA, and my university had a bad habit of having the TAs essentially teach the whole goddamn class. Sometimes I think that's normal. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's just really frustrating with universities, I guess. But he well, had. I'm sorry, um, he went to university. It's mostly a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It opens doors for the worst of reasons. It's ridiculous. I'm just kidding. It's not. Depends on what you go for. That's true. I mean, if I was a doctor. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you go for. Yeah. But I also like, just hate school, so. I know, me too. I'm done with it. <laughs> practical shit is what I need. And if it's not practical, it's theoretical. I need to do it on my own. And you know what? Anyway, tangents over. The TA fucking managed to say that the fucking moon was cheese for like three full days on Wikipedia. So like, you know, God knows how many people were using shit like that for researching anything to do with the moon for three full fucking days mm-hmm. on one of the world's most popular websites but yeah wikipedia is good if you want to like you look up something like this case for example you get the good gist of it a good base knowledge but mm-hmm. you can't just go off wikipedia no you gotta follow those footnotes and then you gotta do your own stuff um anyway that's that i mean i agree with investigators that he he <laughs> He's obviously, Bela Kiss was obviously a very smart person, very methodical, had a plan and stuck to his plan. He obviously couldn't plan for being um, basically told to go to war. Yeah. But I think he knew enough to realize what a golden opportunity that was for him to never return back to Chincota. And Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with investigators that he took someone else's identity Probably another soldier that died alongside him or in the hospital and just disappeared like Hannibal Lecter in the crowd and started a life somewhere else as someone else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he was born in 1877. So unless he's an actual vampire, he's definitely dead now. And he 
he just evaded any justice that he should have got for just straight up ruining and taking advantage of these women. Yeah. I got a question for you. If they made this movie next week and it starred Nicolas Cage, <laughs> would you watch the shit I out of it? I will watch any Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. No, I won't. I really... <laughs> Which one? I need to know. What will I not watch? Yeah. Pay the Ghost. Straight up, I won't watch that. I tried and I fell asleep. And then I tried again and I fell asleep. Yeah. And also, it just has to be a, the right movie for Nick Cage. There are some where if it's a Nick Cage movie and he's self-aware, it's beautiful. If there's a Nick Cage movie and for some reason he was really feeling it, then it's wonderful. Like, yeah, like Nicolas Cage in that Nicolas Cage movie. Can I enjoyed that movie. Yep. Nick Cage in Raising Arizona is good. Nick Cage in 8mm is good. 8mm is probably my favorite Nick Cage What's that movie. one where he, something, something land, where he beats up all those animatronics? That, I I liked that movie. That was gold. I'm going to just He didn't up. say a fucking thing either. He just did his work as a janitor coincidence beat the <laughs> shit out of some animatronics very violently oh, willie's wonderland willie's wonderland there you go that was good oh it's beautiful uh the movie we watched uh mom and dad i think it was called that was oh yeah that was fine yep it was fine i haven't seen the color color in space or yeah color in space i think color in space i know what you're color talking about out of space whatever i haven't seen that yeah. Um, I'm looking at his movies. If I was like, you know, okay, he has a lot of movies and obviously a lot of them I would not want to watch, but he does have some good ones like 90s movies, Con Air. I really like Con Air. <laughs> um, Sometimes I just sneak that reference in when like people are, aren't like they either don't really know me or they don't like they're not expecting it and I'll just sneak in like the face off face off is a, a good yeah, one like, like i'll just be like i want to take his face off <laughs> but i'll like use like whatever we're doing like yeah can you go sweep the floor i'm gonna go sweep the floor okay if you can't see, <laughs> you can't see if you can't see him obviously you can't see dyson he's like holding his face and then taking <laughs> Moving his hand away like he's David Caruso in CSI Miami removing his glasses. <laughs> also, it's like, um, Face Off is good. Con Air is good. The Rock is good. What's the movie where he's an arms dealer? Oh, fuck. Because that uh, one's good, too. Lord of War. Yeah, that one is good. I mean, I'm not going to watch like Nick Cage's Ghost Rider because that's oh. blasphemous. But Lord of War was something else. Yeah, Lord of War is good. So, like, He's just so hit or miss. How does this turn into Nick Cage movies? Um, oh, I feel like Interview with a Vampire was probably or Interview with Interview with No, what's the, what's the one where he's just screaming? I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> and he's running down the street. That had me on that kind of mindset since you started. And I think we started talking about janitors, and then you know we just got there. It just seemed right. I was like, that's perfect casting and you know it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Do you guys agree? I feel like if you agree, just let me know. If I... you agree, you can follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Dark Adaptation Podcast. Fuck that. Tell me on Twitter. You can uh, okay, I'm on Instagram, Dark Adaptation Podcast. Dyson yep. handles the Twitter, Dark Adapt Pod. And he would definitely love to talk to you about Nick Cage. Send each other Nick, Nick Cage memes. Also, yeah. if you've got I'm other never actors, the man Nicholas Cage. It's Nick Cage. It's Nick Cage. And also, don't forget he's a Coppola, but like it's fine. It's Nick yeah. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys got other castings you think would be better, I damn well want to hear that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I started thinking about who to cast instead, and mm -hmm. then I was like, no, it's Nick Cage. Yeah. Uh, while I plug our right in the microphone <laughs> jesus fucking christ it's the end of the episode visit our website darkadaptationpodcast.ca that's where there's the sources i've mentioned a couple times mm -hmm. that's also where you can buy us a coffee to fuel this podcast yeah okay please help I spend i have a full-time job and hobbies and on top of that i write this podcast yeah so i need coffee to fuel this i need coffee as well 
Tyson needs coffee or else he can't get our shit together when it comes to the tech side. I haven't like slept in like 24 hours. Also, now. he's been up for, let me see here, about 33 hours. I'm spry though, aren't I? You look great. I'm fresh. Also on our website, you can buy a patch. Like we still have some patches left. So like you should go and you can buy one. They're embroidered. They're iron on. They're beautiful. We've got quite a few homies that have bought them. Yeah. We love you if you have. And if you haven't, no pressure. But they are lovely. They are only $14. And there's no tax on it. And there's no shipping on it. It's $14 straight up flat. I will send it to you with a lovely handwritten note. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Be a part of something great. We'll catch you on the dark side. Bye.